Hello everyone, this is a British of Meaning Discord conversation. I'm Job and today my guest is Tim D. Hey Tim, what brings you to Discord? Um, so I found the Discord through uh, Jonathan Pajot's work. Uh, I watched a couple videos with him and Paul Vanderclay. And then um, somehow find a, found a link through, I think, the Jonathan Pajot Facebook group. Um, so I kind of come from more of the symbolic world type perspective. Um, I really appreciate everything Paul had said, the kind of uh, how open he is to discussion and, you know, um, just kind of giving a pretty good objective view of, of ideas and letting people speak. So I figured the discord would be along the same lines and it was kind of what I was looking for that didn't involve me uh, having to go through Facebook or the you know, kind of the <laughs> swamp of the social media to find an interesting conversation. So. What got you interested oh, in Peugeot? Um, I, well, I converted to uh, Eastern Orthodox technically in last December, but I had been uh, attending liturgies and uh, doing readings on it for probably about the last four or five years. Um, and then I just found uh, Peugeot's podcast. Uh, I don't even remember how through another podcast kind of the chain of how it works sometimes but um mm -hmm. i was really interested because uh his story kind of resonated with mine where i i had uh got a fine arts a master's in fine arts and kind of towards the end of getting my master's i was really kind of disenchanted with the way modern art was being approached and the way art was being approached i started looking at more uh, traditional ideas of art and started kind of challenging it challenging it in my program um and got a lot of backlash and so kind of like there was this uh, kind of like inner discontent that was growing and when i heard his story and how he kind of resolved that and what he went through it, it just kind of resonated with me and then i always appreciated his just the symbolic way of thinking it's something that i've been looking at for a long time now and um he just had a much clearer way of of putting things whenever whenever he talks about things i don't know it's like it's everything i've felt about it but he just articulates it in a way that's much clearer and makes sense to me even so um there's just something that resonates with me you're saying you got a backlash when you challenged the sort of the established ideas about art yeah um uh partially i i think it was you know i was at fault to some extent like i couldn't fully articulate my ideas but there was also like so i had been kind of reading uh, a lot of like Western esoteric systems, um, kind of numerology, um, kind of just more mystical ideas and, and trying to incorporate those things into my work. Um, you know, like I said, it was fully, it's probably something I didn't fully understand because I wasn't involved in any active tradition or anything like that. I was kind of just floating around, but um, they always wanted in the work, like they wanted me to be able to tell some kind of personal story or relate it, you know, talk about some social issue or something. That's always what they were saying. And it was like, well, that's not really what I want. I don't really want my work to be hyper-personalized where someone has to read a biography in order to, like, understand it. But on the other hand, like, you know, I was reading a lot of just older material and looking at older ways of art, and they always wanted me to reference it to some kind of contemporary art or, like, a modern-day artist or something. And it was just, like partial stubbornness on my part where I didn't want to give into that 
and then it was just kind of like it it seemed like they were just wanting to um frame me up in a way that could sell the program better in the future that that's how i felt it it started being and there was a lot less of the mentoring that i was looking for and in the end i kind of looked back on it and that i felt like there was a lot less focus on craft and it was just pure expression all the time like i don't i don't really feel like i have a good i, I came out of all you know seven you know eight years of art school with like a good foundation and basic rendering and drawing and stuff and they kind of let me slip by because i was able to um, kind of you know make colorful things or things that looked kind of nice at times and, and that just still to this day it's kind of like it feels like it was really lacking in, the, in that area so there's just a lot of clashing with um how i viewed art i guess towards towards the end of my my time there well it's interesting to hear you say that there was this idea that you had to interpret anything older through a modern lens at least that's how i understood what you said yeah yeah pretty much they they wanted a way to that they could understand it which i mean to some extent that that's a valid point but like they were pushing on me to do it in a very specific way and i was very resistant to that and, and so i just think like you know like i do like I do think that I was being a little stubborn, but I don't think it was really, they were like attacking me. So I was only going to be more stubborn. It seemed like instead of like offering actual suggestions and offering to work with me, it was like, they didn't want anything to do with me kind of like at one point uh, during a review, a, a teacher said to me, well, if your concerns are these spiritual things, maybe you should just move to Tibet and make prayer tiles. It was what they said to me in the program. And it was like, <laughs> that's like a little i don't know that's just like a little short-sighted of of even those cultures that do those kinds of things like still focus on traditional religious art like it just seemed it just left a really bad taste in my mouth i would comment like that yeah it's like all there is to find in art is ideology or something or or some interpretive frame not not beauty yeah Did yeah you? and that's, and the the work I was, oh sorry, sorry. Now I was just say it's just disheartening that you that you, you would think that's the last place you'd get that sort of narrative would be in a fine arts uh, uh, education. Yeah, so it's, it's a state university in the states here. So you know, it's it's not like a specialized art school. So they were always constantly fighting to get for budgets. So there were like all kinds of other concerns I felt like they had that weren't necessarily like, like I wasn't a good sell for the school to keep their program running to some extent it felt like. And uh, yeah, and like the work I was doing, it was like, I mean, to some extent you, you would definitely say it was like contemporary looking, like it was like abstract expressionism or not like geometric abstractions. Where like it was these kind of forms breaking down and dissolving and kind of bursting into new forms and stuff. So it was definitely like if I would have taken a little more time to understand what I was dealing with, like there was definitely something there to talk about, and I didn't need to talk get into all the kind of baggage that I was, you know, all these systems that I was bringing to it, and just kind of talking about these, you know, structures rebuilding and stuff. But um, at the time, that just isn't how I wanted to talk about it, I guess. So. <laughs> 
did you end up pursuing it in daily life? Um, kind of not. So towards the end of when I was in grad school, I decided uh, I wanted to go back to making more music. Um, cause I had, I had done some kind of like ambient, um, droning music that people kind of resonated it, like it didn't require the explanation it was just kind of more of this um enveloping experience i guess you could call it and so towards the end and for my thesis i ended up doing this kind of like something way different it was like giant installation with um, me playing music inside and kind of having recorded sounds and then i had this um like this giant 14 foot tent that i built that was suspended from the ceiling and kind of spun around on a fan motor and i played music inside of it and there were projections going on and at the like it it really hit the mark a lot better than what i was doing before that some people were a little i think uh the jump that i made from making work on paper like flat work on paper to something like that uh it kind of threw them off a little so after I was done with grad school, I went and I kind of toured around the States just playing music. Um, but then after that, it like, you know, you come out of school like that and you're in all this debt and you, you can't really, uh, <laughs> you can't really support yourself doing that kind of stuff, like playing to 10 people or something in a house. Um, and so I kind of putzed around for a while, really. It didn't really make any art. Um, eventually I got into like more graphic design and uh, UI design, which is what I do now. So it's kind of a happy medium, I guess. I can, you know, afford, I can have a living job and still do something visual that's totally different, but it's at least uh, something. And, and lately, I've just been kind of sketching and drawing a lot, a lot more just for my own fun. So. And when you say you do UI design, which, which just seems so different from what you've been doing with music and and what almost sounds like performance art. Uh, what, what kind of UI design uh, should we be thinking about? Oh, like websites, apps and stuff. So. What, what, what do you think of how those are designed nowadays? Um, I don't know, sometimes, it's, I mean, honestly, sometimes it's a little boring. It's like they're doing the same thing over and over again, especially you're working like I've worked at this company for three years now <clears throat> and besides all the kind of internal back and forth it's a big company so there's a lot of bureaucracy um it's just kind of like you know adhering to a style guide doing the same thing over and over again um getting not enough research I feel like to really guide one decision over another mm -hmm. and so yeah sometimes it's a little boring but I get to get definitely think of worse jobs I would be doing, um, especially considering some of the jobs I have done. I, mean, I cleaned apartments around the city and stuff, which it was it gave me a lot of freedom, but it just didn't. Uh, you know, it was just getting crippling debt. So, right, kind of the unfortunate system that we have right now. But huh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I tend to build the interfaces that people design. I implement them technically, so. We're not too far from each other when it comes to to daily daily grind. Yeah. So the you do when it comes to your religious background, did orthodoxy already have a place in that, or did that come later, or did you did you not have a religious background at all? Uh, I grew up kind of loose Catholic, 
Um, huh. I went through all the sacraments and everything uh, through confirmation. And then, I don't know, uh, so like 13, 14, you get confirmed. And then I think I started having those kind of teenage questions and rebellious stages. I don't know. And there was just nothing. Uh, at the time, there was... I felt I didn't feel like there was any way there I could talk to about these questions. I, I felt like they were totally legitimate questions and a totally legitimate, legitimate response to just stop going to services. Um, my parents didn't really force me to do it, so it, I just kind of like fell off and then kind of had like you know angsty feelings towards the church and I don't know. And then um, yeah, when I was like eighteen or nineteen, I started looking at more kind of like. Uh, mystical systems and kind of like uh, meaning bigger meanings behind religion in general and um, it just always interests me and eventually I, I I started reading the church fathers and something resonated with me and I didn't know where I could find like that quote-unquote brand of Christianity um, and I kept running into people that kept talking about the Orthodox Church, like through um, the different web boards that were about music or just random people would come up to me and start talking to me. Like this random guy came up to me once and just started talking about like the Jesus prayer and continuous prayer. And it like just kept piquing my interest, but it took a long time for me to like actually get myself into a liturgy. And I don't know, when I started going, it just, it just felt like I had kind of come home. Um, and it felt like an older, things I vaguely remember about going to older, uh, to like Catholic services when I was younger. And I don't know if it was just the church I was going to at the time, but it was just something that I felt like I had definitely lost and that I, for whatever reason, didn't feel the Catholic church could offer it to me in America anymore. Um, I don't, and that's kind of the route I chose, you know. Was there an established uh, Orthodox community where you lived? Um, not really. I mean, Orthodox in America is pretty small. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, I, I live outside of Chicago right now, and actually there's a pretty big, like, amount of Orthodox people comparative to other major cities, but obviously they're all, you get to start getting the ethnic divides of the churches. And so they're all kind of broken up. But, um, so as far as America, I think there's like a pretty good amount of Orthodox around here. But again, it's like, I think I saw some study that said like, there's as many percentage wise, there's as many Orthodox Christians as there are Hindus in America, which isn't a lot. Um, so it took a little bit of looking to find because I think the first question people have when they go to the Orthodox church is like, Oh, do I like need to speak Greek or do I need to speak Russian? Like uh -huh. services in English. So I, I found a cathedral that has all their services are in English. And um, I just started learning more and more about the history of the cathedral. And um, yeah, it was just, it, like I said, it, everyone there was very welcoming, and yeah, so it's now it's now my wife and ours, you know, spiritual home and our daughter's spiritual home. So, um, yeah, it's I don't know, it's 
it's kind of weird the way things work out like that, I guess. I always get the impression there's just loads of Orthodox in the States, but they're probably just the few ones there all hang out on this server. So it yeah. <laughs> always seems like there are more than there are. So hang on a second. You just said that your your wife and daughter also go there. So how, how did your wife respond to your, your ventures into Orthodoxy? Uh, it was a little jarring at first. Um, when we first met, I had talked about kind of vaguely spiritual things, you know, like said I had these interests in like the traditionalists and you know, older spiritual systems or religious ideas. And, and then one day I was just like, you know, we had, it wasn't like, we have you heard of this thing, orthodoxy? Like we had talked about it and I had been like, oh, look at what the old church fathers used to say and stuff like that. But then I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this liturgy. And she was like, okay. And then it was kind of like, like I almost like jumped like full in and she was still kind of a little leery at first or just didn't, was something totally new to her. She had no bringing up, she had no church when she was a child. So um, it was totally new to her. But so it was, for a little bit, it was a little, um, it was a bit of a rift between us. But now, you know, I don't know that we're on the exact same level. I don't think we'll ever be. That's just a relationship, but you know we we both love the church. We both we go all the time, so it's we both. She got baptized in when I got received in, so we all, we all got received in at the same time. And then our daughter was born four months after that, so um, she got baptized in too. So yeah, it's it's not as much of a problem. It's something you know that we have now that we both recognize as this community that a real life community that that's really important now for us because we keep seeing kind of our other outside re previous relationships like kind of dwindling apart as things become a little more polarized in america as tensions are, are kind of hot right now you say oh, one thing yeah. person, suddenly they're not your friend anymore someone you've known for 20 years or something oh um, i'm sorry man yeah but and that thank you but that's just kind of Eventually, people will wake up to that, I hope, you know, and they'll realize. Or it's, you know, sometimes I think a lot of these relationships are built on, you know, built on sand or built on fragile ground. Like people you meet in college where you're just partying with them all the time and suddenly that's not what people are doing and you start having real discussions and you're like, oh, I really don't agree with these people. Or you, your opinion changes about something and someone can understand how your opinion changed so drastically. So. Um, that's a you know a much bigger issue that goes beyond just my relationships. <laughs> Given your folks raised you Catholic, how did they take it? Oh, they were fine. Uh, my mom was really happy that I found something. Oh, um, they didn't they didn't have a problem with it. They they. My mom's always like, "Oh, it's just like the Catholic Church," and I was like, "Yeah, kind of, but there's some there's some differences." <laughs> like, and they, they they've been to a few services with us. Like, they came to when we got received in and our daughter's baptism, and they always, you know, are just they think, "Oh, the services are so beautiful and stuff." And so, I I don't think they have a problem with it. Not that they told me, not enough to where they've told me at least. So. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. You know, yeah. it could have been the case. They were like, "No, you must submit to the Pope," but uh, yeah, that wasn't the case. No, they're pretty. They're not super. Uh, 
think they question things sometimes too. But so you've been you've been with this uh, Greek Orthodox community for a while now. Have you noticed it growing since the time you've been there? Yeah, uh, it's actually well, it's actually Russian. Well, it's traditionally Russian Orthodox, but it's it's mostly American now. But um, yeah, it, it has seems like it's growing a lot. Like. <clears throat> We have a young priest who's younger than me, actually, but we, it seems like we keep bringing in younger people, like uh, late 20s, early 30s. Um, some new families are coming in and just kind of still exploring, but um, I've, I've been noticing more and more younger people come in, and I don't know if that's a um, like a wider thing across all Orthodox churches, or it's just this one for some reason so it, it seems like it's been growing a lot and in, in a good way where it's I don't, I don't know how many older people convert really actually when, when you think about it because but um yeah so yeah, i've noticed it growing a lot and even through all the the struggles we've had the last you know 10 months now since covid and everything like once we started opening up again there's been new people coming in we're just exploring and uh, people aren't shy about that anymore or, or now. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is, you know, there's a fair amount of people on the Discord who have been at least ortho-curious or have made the, the switch. And more people come here uh, like you who are uh, um, practicing Orthodox. And I've seen it on at least Twitter a fair amount that people are trying these things out and i find that very interesting like what what draws people to to this thing that's to a degree fairly different like even if you like you you come from an originally orthodox background uh, sorry catholic background it's still fairly different as as far as i've been able to tell so it yeah, I wonder what that is. I wonder if part of it is is that it's so different and therefore it makes it it's attractive, or that there's yeah. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think I think that might be part of it. Um, trying to think, uh, like, so I think that that it's something different where they're like. I think some people think like, oh, it's perfect. Like it has no problems. And it's like, well, the, the church still has its own problems, but they may not be the same problems that you dealt with at another church. Um, it's still a worldly institution in the end, you know, or in this world. Um, but I think like, so there was an interest growing in like oddly in like the maybe mid to late nineties. Uh, like through the like punk rock and like metal scenes, um, there was a, a guitarist from a band called Sleep that quit the band and became an Orthodox monk. And then he started he started a zine called Death to the World, and he started like reaching like going out to like punk rock shows and like these like really nihilistic people, and like offering them like the kind of like more traditional monastic teaching about like giving up the world because he he just felt like his his experience in those scenes like they were already there like they were so disenchanted with the world 
he was offering them something. Um, and it seems to me, that seems like very, like, like people are drawn to it because it's like, it's like countercultural in, in America. And I mean, I know parts of Europe too, like counterculture is the thing that people are so drawn to because there is like a dissatisfaction with something in the culture and people usually end up turning towards like destructive behaviors but he started kind of flipping that um and there's just kind of like a very i think it's a, a fresh perspective people get like the orthodox church usually doesn't skirt away from questions or tough issues and i think that that kind of honesty and almost bruteness of it uh, attracts a certain kind of person and then there's also like I have always felt like the Orthodox Church does a really good job um, kind of balancing that like mystical and practical elements of it. There's kind of, for me at least, like reading like the Philokalia, which is like the old monastic teachings, like it was like syncing up with other mystical things that I had found and I'd always been like, why doesn't this exist in Christianity? It was there. But then when you actually, like when we actually came into the church, it was like no like these are there's very practical things towards your spiritual development and so for me that was like that, that balance was like there's this attractiveness of something but then there's no there's very there's still very practical things and very simple things like loving your neighbor like these are still our core teachings you know it's not just about giving up on the world and running away to a cave or something yeah that, so i don't I, know like, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, have you ever heard Peterson talk about the time you went to a Ramones concert? No. Oh, well, to, to summarize it, he says, I went to this, this Ramones concert. I think he went to New York or something. Uh, no, that's where they're from. Anyway, he, he goes there and he notices this is mosh pit going on. You know, it's punk and it's this very raw nihilist music. And he says, but there was this beautiful transcendent experience that all these people were having, even though they were, you know, smashing smashing into each other and he said it, it it didn't matter how nihilistic it all was because the the music itself evoked this transcendent togetherness and yeah that that that's what this guy from from sleep you said it was yeah yeah that that's what it makes me think of like that there's there's this meme going on that with the with the extremely nihilistic everything's pointless guy and he's just yearning for hope and something more and something transcendent and i think that's true and and i wonder if that's what we're confronted with when we go to to a service like a an orthodox service where where you're so confronted with that that mysterious but also with the beautiful and the smells and the sounds and the 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 priest with his back to you going through his rituals and yeah i i can i can see why that why those things would would seek each other yeah and then you know those are the kind of music scenes that i was involved in too you know like the metal and and I had always had that kind of same inclination about this kind of transcendence of uh, even a mosh pit. And I 
had tried to put together these kind of like silly, ironic like diagrams of ritualistic mosh, mosh pits and like moving counterclockwise because you know there's a thing in metal scenes where mosh pits always move counterclockwise. It's just like like metal traditionalists get really upset when they don't. <laughs> but like this idea of reversing time and entering out of time, like and really kind of uh, been mulling over those ideas, never really sure how to express them. But it was weird. Like uh, there was a bigger service I went to when I first started going to Orthodox Church. Um, it was for uh, like the anniversary of the martyrdom of a local saint who was actually the, the first martyr of the Russian Revolution. He basically built our church in Chicago and went back to Russia and was martyred. Um, and so I was at this service and I suddenly it all clicked with me. Everything, there were these, all the sounds, the smells and just everything. It was, it was, it was my performance that I had done in grad school. Like it was all right there. And I had never been to a liturgy when I was in grad, like I'd never been before that. And it all clicked to me that that was what I was referencing somehow. Like eternally, I don't, I don't even know, you know. And so then I was like, yeah, this, I'm, I'm like, this is it, you know. <laughs> like it, it's just this weird coordinates or, um, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it clicks together at some deep level that just feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, I'm just still working on the fact that mosh pits, mosh pits have geometric significance. I, I mean, I've been in a few, and I never got the idea that that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like like I had had this idea, like you know, there's this elevated portion. You know, the mosh pit is on the floor. There's an elevated portion where there's like you know emanations coming out of two speakers, like this kind of like weird reflection of like this heaven and earth um you know transmission obviously in a very crude way but <laughs> like if it can be there you know it can almost be anywhere i was at a a concert once and there was a mosh pit going on it was just you know it's really screechy i don't know probably some some form of black metal and you know we're just doing our thing in a mosh pit but it was a concrete floor and some guy goes down he just hits with the back of his head like bam and so the guy was out cold and suddenly you know the this the singer stops screeching and this whole other voice comes out saying right everybody get you know make may make way make way for the the you know first aid guys right everybody okay everybody okay all right all right every cool let's go and he just goes right back into you know whatever he was screeching about. But it was just such a, like suddenly this whole shift between two very different ways of existing. It was so strange. It's, but, you know, metal people overall, we are very nice people and we just want to yeah. enjoy a good concert. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, it's like, it's funny when that kind of stuff happens, they like almost like, you know, like break the fourth wall or something like they yeah. come out of their performance and all the, all like the hard ass metal people come out of their performance, like these roles they put on to go to the shows. Like, you know, they put on that leather or jean jacket and they be almost become another person or something. But it, it's just funny. Like, cause 
Yeah, I always thought that too. Like, you know, obviously there's a few outliers, but generally, like, when I was in really, really involved in the metal community, it was like, like, it was a community. That was always what what drew me to it as much as the music, but it was like, you know, this like organic community and everyone was so nice. People really cared about other people, but it just didn't seem like they always, you know, we didn't always have good way of understanding that or expressing it. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Oh man, now I want to go to a concert. Anyway, um, hey, you've been on the Discord, I think, for about three weeks now, maybe a month. Yep. How have you been finding it? I like it. It's uh, it's always just refreshing to uh, have. Yeah, I'd like to say real conversations, but. I don't know that you can have a real conversation over the internet. Um, what do you think we're doing? But just some... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, person to person, there's a difference. But just, uh, I never feel like I have to say things in a certain way. or I feel like I can be myself, you know, and I, and I really appreciate that. And I know that not everybody gets along on it, but or not everyone agrees, but everyone tends to get along. Um, and that's good to see that there can be disagreement and still, you know, camaraderie or whatever you want to call that, you know, just general respect for each other. Yeah, that, that's very much. And I, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that is very much what we try to uh, to cultivate here. Like, you know, if you can, if you're comfortable, use your first name. You know, if you want to use your last name, that's up to you. But at least, you know, we, we try to engage each other somewhat in a, in a personal sense. And it doesn't mean we don't have disagreements because, yes, yeah, sometimes things just, they get pretty hot-headed. We used to have a period where, like, every day there was, like, a discussion on some heresy that some people were unhappy about. But in the end, you know, you kind of realize you disagree and you move on. Plus, there's only so much arguing that somebody can stand over <laughs> for these things, I guess. So... I'm I'm glad you like it here. I mean, people have been coming in and say this is this Discord's kind of interesting because I've been to other discords and yeah, they're the people aren't as nice to each other, and that's that's kind of sad to hear. But it it I'm glad to hear that this place is at least perceived as as doing that in a particular effective manner. So yeah, I hope you stick around. Yeah, and I think it kind of also like having that kind of environment also helps me confront some of my presuppositions because when you can, when you can like talk to someone that you just disagree with, but in like a civilized manner, I, I at least don't get so defensive about my ideas and my beliefs. doesn't mean my beliefs necessarily change, but it just helps me get a better understanding of, somebody else's beliefs or somebody else's opinions about stuff that doesn't like just cause me to shrink back into them and, and only, you know, stick to one line. So I think that it's really, it's a fruitful way of interacting that seems natural, but it's just, like I said, right now, it's just so polarized in America. It's hard to find that. Yeah. And, and, Especially in that light, I just like how here the the Catholics and the Orthodox kind of 
you know, they are all, all members of each other's channels and they all engage with each other over things. But it's 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 always in a in a friendly way. Although there have been some decent debates there, but it's never like, yeah, no, you're definitely wrong, and I'll never talk to you again, you heretic. And yeah, yeah. And then when you have the same debates over and over again with the same people, you're kind of like, well, you know, do we really need to debate this? Because I know what you're going to say anymore, and you're not going to change your mind. Maybe we should just find something we get along about <laughs> definitely but that's also an attitude like willing to accept that other person hold different opinions i mean not everybody's good at that like i have to you know that i have to convince the other one of my right like yeah you know is that really something you want to spend your your precious time on yeah so. or is that really like especially with issues of faith like is that really where your faith comes from like just being right and like is being a jerk to somebody like convincing trying to convince them is that really the best representation of what you actually believe like dogmatic or not you know that's how i feel at least yeah and i mean the orthodox and the catholics at least agree that the protestants are wrong so they have that in common no, i'm just, <laughs> just, just joking <laughs> then the orthodox and protestants agree that the, the pope is wrong exactly. <laughs> we, we can all shake hands on some things yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we have about a good 20 minutes left. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Where do you live? Netherlands. Yeah. In Ireland? No, Netherlands. That's no, pretty close. Oh, to Netherlands. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, any, any Greek Orthodox there? There are a few. There's, but, you know, I'd have to travel to get to one because they're... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, actually I've... going to have a, I was going to drink coffee with uh, a, a convert to Greek Orthodoxy. Like he got baptized on Mount Athos. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, like there's photos of him, you know, hugging these these old grizzled monks. And he uh, he's, he's gone from like evangelical to atheism to eventually finding his way in Orthodoxy. And they just said, okay, well... You know, you got to embrace the mystery. We're going to call you Thomas. And uh, there you go, buddy. Uh, we're just glad <laughs> you're here. And I was going to have coffee with him, but with all the COVID rules getting yeah. strict again, we decided to postpone it. But there, there is some interest in, in Greek Orthodoxy and Russian Orthodoxy here. But it's it's mostly in the, in the coastal port cities where there'd be... There'd be more churches than in the average cities of, of different denominations. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Netherlands brief, briefly. Really? I did a study abroad in Austria um, when I was an undergrad. That was uh, 16 years ago now. <laughs> what do you think of it? I liked it. Um, I mean, I went to Amsterdam like a few times, and then we went over to like Harlem. Mm. It was really nice. I was just like the it was like wasn't so crazy. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> architecture, not so much horror and drugs and. Yeah, yeah, you could appreciate the architecture more with like the, uh, like the curved buildings or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There was one that like looks right over. It's like right over the dam. It looked like it's like falling in. I was always impressed with that. <laughs> You went to Austria, you said? 
Yeah, I was in Salzburg. How did it, so just just for for cultural exchange or how, what were you doing there? Yeah, it was a uh, part of the study abroad program I was in for uh, my undergrad. So it was a semester there. Um, I I did printmaking there, so that was what I had uh, focused on for my art was uh, lithography and screen printing and stuff. So. A great place to learn lithography, you know, right outside of Bavaria. So that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of out of out of questions, to be honest. That doesn't often happen to me, but I'm kind of wondering what else. But we can otherwise we can just call it a day and go our separate ways. Maybe yeah, the aud- maybe the audience has questions. Come on, Peter. You're usually more talkative than this. Nothing. All right. Give me five minutes. <laughs> now nah, we can we can call it a day. I think this was a fine conversation, man. I I like your that journey into uh, into orthodoxy, and. Uh, yeah, how you how you managed to do draw your wife into it and yeah 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 I'm I'm really glad to hear that you found something that that clicked for you and that really speaks with you regarding your artistic background so thank you yeah it's been a I always think it's a pretty interesting journey but I guess I'm a little biased <laughs> oh of course I will no but I mean I'm glad we could have a convo and uh, yeah I hope you can stick around on the Discord. Yeah, for sure. I don't plan on going anywhere. (laughs) All right, Tim. Take care, man. All right, you too. Bye-bye.